Lord, I need you. Man, what a great song. That's been the cry of my heart like this entire time. I hope that worship was inspiring to you. We have a ton of great stuff going on at Grace Free Church. Thanks for joining our online location. Big things are coming. Make sure you're checking out all of the information we're putting out there on social media. And by the way, if you haven't signed up to get information from us, hit the Great Connect button right now. We have some big things in the works and we're really excited about it. I hope that you've been erring on the side of love for people during these crazy times. That's the place you and we all want to land erring on the side of love and bearing with each other and being patient and loving one another. I hope that's where you find yourself. I know if you find yourself there, you're going to be experiencing so much more joy and peace during the chaos life seems to bring us. We're jumping into a brand, a brand new talk in our series, All the Feels, Learning How to Feel in Times Like This. And this message is called, I'm So Overwhelmed. I think it's going to connect with you and encourage you. But before we get started, let's just take a second and pray. Dear God, we just thank you so much. We thank you that we have the opportunity to kind of gather together through technology in this online location. It's, it's such an opportunity for us and a privilege for us. And we're just excited that you are not bound by things like physical space or time or you are not limited by the stuff that limits us. And so we ask, God, that you would do something big in our hearts and in our lives today. Would you do something incredible through your word in our hearts. Peel back the layers. Peel off all the, the hard stuff we've been holding up and keeping between us and you and just do something amazing. We, we don't need more of me. We don't, need, we don't need more from somebody else. We don't need, what we need most is you. So would you show up right now in this message? Would you do something incredible? We ask it in Jesus' name, amen. We're going through this message, and this message today is called, I'm So Overwhelmed. And what I'd love for you to do is to follow along with this. I hope you've been following along with all of these messages. And we're going to jump into, in a couple minutes, this passage in 2 Kings and chapter 6. It's a powerful message and something that we're de all dealing with, feeling like we're overwhelmed. Have you felt like that? recently? Has that been something that you have been struggling about? You see, there's lots of things in life that are hard lately. It's hard to get encouraged by the news you hear. It's hard to get all pumped up and inspired when you turn on the TV these days. It's hard to find escape and peace when it seems like there's one thing after the other, but it's easy. It's really easy to be overwhelmed. All I got to do to be overwhelmed is like look at my calendar and see all of the crazy stuff I got scheduled even in the middle of a pandemic. It's easy to get overwhelmed. All you got to do is start thinking about school next year if you're a student or if you're a parent of a student, you just spend a little bit of time closing your eyes and imagining what the first day of school might be like, and I bet you start to feel overwhelmed. It's easy when you listen to all the political rhetoric to get overwhelmed. Overwhelmed? It's so easy. 
And even if you're oblivious, I've spent some time. Somebody testify. My wife's going to put it in the comments. I've spent some time in my life being oblivious to all the details and all the things that are going on that we got to keep in order. But even if you're the oblivious one in your household, it's easy to get overwhelmed. Because you may be oblivious for a certain amount of time, but eventually it's going to catch you. It always catches you. The details of life, the stress of life, it always catches up to you. And when it does, you feel it. This overwhelmed feeling. It's not hard to imagine what that feels like. I've heard it described so many different ways. I've felt it so many different ways. I've had it described as a sinking feeling. You see around you all of the stuff that's overwhelming you, all of the stuff you have to do or take care of, all of the things and the messages that are being thrown at you, and you get this sinking feeling as, as the weight of everything you see and are trying to keep in balance settles into your heart. You see, what you focus on, that's what overwhelms you. And it's what ends up sinking you. I I felt it described as a sinking feeling, as a slump into depression. I felt being overwhelmed described as being an anxiety attacks and panic. I felt it be described, I've heard it be described as a debilitating feeling that gets you stuck, paralyzed. Feeling the anxiety and worry from all of the different things you try to keep in balance, but being so overwhelmed that you feel stuck and sunk where you are, as if there's nothing you can do about it, as if there's no way forward, as if there's no changing what's going on. And even the smallest of tasks when you're feeling overwhelmed, they feel so big and so heavy. You're looking at a house that's just a disaster and a mess and you got to clean it up, but you're feeling overwhelmed. Even picking up the dustpan feels like a big job. You don't know where to start and you don't know what to do. You see, that's what being overwhelmed feels like. And it's easy to be overwhelmed these days. It's easy to be overwhelmed as you look at all of the the things that there are to think about, decide about, do, and take care of. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're thinking about school next year, or if you're thinking about the Eagles and what their season is going to be looking like, if you're thinking about the Phillies playing the Yankees, if you're thinking about what what kids' sports are going to look like, if you're thinking about what it's going to be like if your kid has to wear a mask at school, or what it's going to be like if you got to start homeschooling all all over again, you barely made it last month, how are you going to do it in the fall? Like If you're feeling overwhelmed, I got some encouragement for you today. Being overwhelmed, you don't have to get stuck there. You don't have to stay there. It doesn't have to sink your ship. It doesn't have to sink your relationship. It doesn't have to kill your marriage. It doesn't have to keep you single forever. Being overwhelmed isn't a place that you stay. It's just a place you end up visiting. And I got to tell you, it largely has to do with what you focus on. You see, the overwhelming feeling that affects your emotions and paralyzes your action. It's all about what you see, what you're seeing. Your system gets flooded. 
You see all of these different things, all of these jobs to do, all of these tasks to accomplish, all of these circumstances that just keep popping up into the newsfeed of your life. It affects how you feel and it keeps you from moving forward. But you don't have to stay there. It, it isn't a reality that you have to live in feeling overwhelmed. We see so much going on. It steals our focus. It messes with how we feel and it keeps us from moving forward. It's, it's incredible how many people get stuck because they've felt overwhelmed and that overwhelming feeling keeps them from knowing or, or being able to or wanting to take the next step to help them overcome the trouble that they're in. There's so many, so many people, they get stuck focusing on the wrong thing and that, that, that wrong focus ends up with them being paralyzed and overwhelmed. Have you experienced that? Have you experienced it in your relationships? Maybe in your marriage. Like it's so easy to focus on all of the difficult stuff, all of the hard challenges, all the conversations that you have to have. So easy to focus on all the things that are lacking in the other person, all the things that are missing, all the things that you wish they would have changed, all the things you hope they would have changed and they didn't change. And you're like, come on already, get it together. It's so easy for your focus to overwhelm you. And when you feel overwhelmed in a relationship like that, it's like, man, we're not ever going to get anywhere. And it keeps you from moving forward as a couple. Maybe, maybe you're single and you felt it that way, right? You're looking at the dating life and trying to figure out which app to use because that's how we roll during a pandemic. Maybe you're trying, not we, because I'm happily married, but you know, you all. Like that's, maybe you're like looking at what is, how are you going to date somebody when you can't even go to a restaurant? Like you're, you're looking at all of this overwhelm stuff and you're calculating all of the rejection you felt in the past and the rejection has your focus, the challenges has your focus, your fears have your focus and you end up just settling, getting stuck, just broken chance after broken chance after broken chance. Maybe you've felt it in your relationships. Maybe you've wrestled with it in your identity. You're, you've been overwhelmed by all the messages that people have said to you, all the things in your past. Maybe you had some unhealthy parents. They told you some bad stuff about yourself. You believed it, and now you're struggling to get anywhere to really believe that you are somebody made in the image of God with a purpose. Maybe you struggled to believe that God has a future and a plan for you that is good and way better than you think because you're overwhelmed by all the negative messages that people have been pumping into your system. It messes with how you feel and it paralyzes you and keeps you from going forward. You see, what being overwhelmed does is it cheapens or steals from your future. And you end up missing out because you end up getting stuck and overwhelmed by all of the different things you're focused on. But what if you could change your focus? I mean, what if you could see a bigger picture what if what if even though you feel like you see everything and seeing everything is the thing that overwhelms you what if what if what if you're still not seeing it all 
What if missing part of that picture means you're really missing the whole point? What if you could see differently? What if seeing differently would change everything? What if it would make your little stops at being overwhelmed just a place you visit for a millisecond before you're reminded of the bigger story and the bigger picture? And 2 Kings is this incredible story about Elisha and his brand new servant. His old servant Gehazi has just gotten in some trouble a couple of chapters ago. And I I feel like this is maybe a rookie, maybe somebody that was hanging around, but it's this big chance like Elisha's servant. Elisha is a prophet of God during a very difficult time in the history of Israel. A very challenging time. And I, I don't have time to get into that whole story right now. You should check it out. 1 Kings, Elijah, 2 Kings, Elisha, great, powerful stuff going on. Man, and this one is one of my favorite stories about Elisha. Let me just catch you up, but you can read about it in 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse 8 through the end of the chapter. It starts off with the king of Aram. That's a competing uh, country that was raiding and looting and attacking Israel. They were at war with Israel, an ongoing war filled with many battles and Aram kept trying to capture and kill and destroy people in Israel. And after conferring with his officers, the king of Aram came up with a plan. He said, like, I'm just going to camp at this place. We're going to surprise attack them. We're going to sneak up on them. We're going to pop out like your wife in the middle of the night when you're sneaking ice cream out of the freezer. Like, (laughs) they're just going to, like, surprise attack. And Aram puts this plan together with his officers. But God is working behind the scenes to protect Israel. So you don't see it right out front. Now God's not like waving the sword in front of everybody, but he's talking to Elisha. And he's telling Elisha, hey man, King Aram is going to attack the Israelites at this spot. Elisha, the prophet of God, he, he goes and he tells the king of Israel, like, yo, better watch your step. <laughs> Probably didn't say it like that. Aram's ready to attack you, and here's where they're camped. Over and over again, the king of Aram puts these plans together. Over and over again, Elisha plays a spoiler and warns Israel about what's going on, and they escape disaster. It's like Israel knows every move before it happens because of what God is doing. The king of Aram gets really mad. He pulls in all of his people, and he's like, yo, who is snitches get stitches, yo? Like, who's ratting us out to Israel? Is one of you, one of you is the rat. Who is it? Let's find it out. It's like straight out of a mob scene, right? And they're like, no, you don't understand. They got a secret weapon. It's Elisha. The dude talks to God. He's been telling the king of Israel where we're going to attack. You want to take care of this? You got to take care of Elisha. The king Aram finds out where Elisha is and sets up a plan to attack Elisha, attack the city Elisha is, take him captive and kill him. That, that's the plan. Now, Elisha and his servant, we pick up in chapter 8, are hanging out. You know, it's probably like I imagine a beautiful, crisp morning. They're, they have no idea what's going on around them. I don't know if Elisha did. The servant of Elisha definitely didn't. They're hanging out in the city, relaxed. Everything's at peace. And it says this in verse 15. Imagine this morning. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. 
Can you imagine that scene? You're, you're the new guy, right? Gehazi, the old servant, the guy you replaced, he just kind of like checked out, he blew it, you got your big shot. It's the call up to the majors, man. You're the guy, the servant of Elisha, you're like front row and center for all of this really cool stuff. It's the break you've been waiting for, you're all pumped up. You're stepping out onto your little patio, you know, you probably got your robe on, you got a cup of coffee, some stuff's probably untucked. If you're rocking the dad bod, maybe your undershirt is tucked into your tidy whities I don't know. You're out there just ready to drink a little cup of coffee, taking the day, love this new job, love this new life, and all of a sudden as you sip that coffee with coconut creamer, you look up And you are surrounded by an angry army, every side, ready to rush down and take you out. Overwhelmed, to put it lightly, overwhelmed and full of fear, he runs into the house. He says, Elisha, what are we going to do? What? That's what people who are overwhelmed say. I don't know. What am I going to do? I don't even know where to start. We're toast. We can't do anything. They, we're completely surrounded. The stuff in my life is piled up so high, I don't even know where to begin. The problems in my relationships are so big, I don't think there's any hope for us. I don't even know how we would begin to fix it. Scratch that. I don't even know how I would begin to start the conversation to fix a thing in this huge pile of trouble that I'm in. I don't even know where I would begin to look for a new job. I don't even know how I would start getting out of debt. You see, your focus, (laughs) your focus is why you feel overwhelmed and paralyzed with this sinking feeling in your gut. The, the servant runs in to Elisha and check this out. Elisha, he comes out and he, first he says, do not be afraid. Elisha says, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now, I know that sounds inspirational, but probably not if you're sitting in the seat of the servant. Because there he is. They go, Elisha's like, dude, man, chill out. Relax. Let me grab my coffee. Let's go outside, see what we're talking about out here. Like, what's the big fuss? You know, you seem a little excited. The servant in panic is walking out with him, like knowing that they're just going to see this massive army from Aram ready to destroy them. He walks out, and Elisha's answer is, oh, man, don't sweat it. We got more guys than them. <laughs> Can you imagine that second where that that servant looks at Elisha and thinks, we're toast, we're toast. He don't, he don't even, he thinks we got, it's me and you, dude. What do you, there's a, do you you see, like you don't see. What if you're not seeing the whole picture? What if there's more to see? than just what you're catching at first glance. Elisha, he opens, he, he opens the eyes. He, he prays, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked, 
and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Elisha, man, help him see the bigger picture, God. Help him see what you're doing, God. Help him see your promise, God. Help him see your protection, God. Help him see that what he sees isn't the whole picture. Help him see what I see. Help him see what you're doing. Help him see it because if he sees it, he won't be overwhelmed with his circumstances. He'll be overwhelmed with you. And there ain't anything that can stop someone who is overwhelmed with a God who loves them. There's nothing that can keep that person down. There's nothing that can keep that person from stepping into the future God has for that person. And he looks and he doesn't see the army of Aram. They fade like ants because what he sees, he sees an army of angels there to protect him. There to move him to the future that God had promised. There to ensure the victory that was for certain. I mean, what if you're not seeing the whole picture? What if all the stuff you're looking at that's overwhelming isn't the whole story? You see, what you see and are focused on is what's landed you feeling overwhelmed. And you need to see. If you could see, if you could take a second and trust, if you could close your eyes and believe what God says about you. I know that stuff. It's fair to feel overwhelmed. Humanly speaking, I'd need a new pair of shorts after what Elisha's servant went through. It's fair to feel overwhelmed, but it's just on you. See, God said, Jesus said, with, with man, this is impossible, but there's nothing impossible with God. Philippians 4, 13, for I can do all things through him who strengthens me. You see, what if there's more in your circumstances, in your marriage, in your job, with your identity, with where you feel like you're at relationally? What if there's more in your future than you're seeing? Because when you really see the whole story, the big picture of what God wants to do with your life, you're not going to be overwhelmed with your circumstances and paralyzed. You're going to be overwhelmed by God and his goodness and love for you. And it is going to set you on a course that is way better than you ever could have imagined. Elisha, he goes and he's like, listen, listen, watch this. The army sees Elisha out from Aram and they're like, there's the guy. We got our proof. I see him. That was the signal. Let's go attack. They have no idea what's really going on either. They storm down towards the city. And as Elisha prayed for his eyes to be open, he prays for the army's eyes to be closed. Not one of those angel chariots had to be used because God shut the eyes of the Aram's armies, the enemy. And they roll up. Elisha's like, yo, this is true. Read it. You got the wrong street. You're in the wrong town. And the army's like, really? Okay. And then Elisha's like, I I'll show you where to go. You see, a couple towns over, the whole army of Israel, the king of Israel, is encamped out in this place called Samaria. Elisha takes the blinded army, confused, his enemies, to Samaria. 
They get to Samaria and the king's like, yo, should I kill him? He says it twice. Should I kill him? Should I kill him? Should I kill him? And uh, Elisha's like, no, we shouldn't kill him. Just totally like rocking Romans 12. Romans 12 where it says like, do not repay evil for good. Don't, don't repay evil for good. That's not how we treat our enemies. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Don't take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. If your enemy is hungry, feed them. Thirsty, give them something to drink. Do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good. They throw a feast for their enemies right there in Samaria. The army of Israel and the army of Aram eating and dining together and having a grand old time. They leave and are at peace and Aram stops raiding Israel. It's an absolutely incredible story. And the point is this. What are you focused on? You're, you're seeing a lot of things. And that's why you feel overwhelmed. But you just got to stop for a second. If you're a person of faith, there's more going on than you see. That's reality. And it's a promise. God is working in all things, it says in Romans. In that crazy calendar that's rocking your world. In, in thinking about school and what it's going to be like for your kids. In those relational issues that are just piled up. In the financial mess that you're not sure how to get out of. The promise is God is working for the good in all things for those who love him. He, he is working for your good in all things. You don't need to be overwhelmed. You just need to stop and realize that there's more to the story. That God's doing something bigger. And you see all of this stuff and it overwhelms you and that's fair. But nothing is impossible with God. You don't have to feel sunk or stuck or like there's no hope or no future. Don't get paralyzed. Maybe you stop in and you visit being overwhelmed once in a while, but don't put up camp and make it your home. God's got something big for you. In Psalm 34, have you been doing the Psalm challenge? I hope you've been reading a Psalm a day before you jump on social media or before you check out the news. I'm telling you, if you do a Psalm a day, it is going to heal up your heart and you're going to experience more peace and more hope and the filter you have for all of the other junk going on in the world is going to be so much better. Jump on the Psalm challenge with us. Read a Psalm a day before you check out social media or the news. Today's message is Psalm 34. It's Psalm 34 because I feel like this guy, David, he knew what it was like to feel overwhelmed. We've been talking about David. You know his story. I'm just going to read you his words. I'll extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glorify, I will gl glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. If you're afflicted and feel overwhelmed, hear this and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let's exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look at him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. See the bigger picture. His 
This poor man called to the Lord and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. And he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is he who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his holy people, for those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. That's my prayer for you. In his trouble, he continued to praise God. He, he was willing to taste and see, to check this God thing out. Are you good? Do you have good things for me? Taste and see. And he found that God was good. He continued to seek God. And he found that as he sought God, he lacked nothing. You feeling overwhelmed? Take some time this week and start practicing closing your eyes and realizing that you see a lot, but you don't see everything. That God is for you, and we're for you too. That he is working in all things for the good of those who love him. Seek him and you will find a way out of your trouble. Make God the one you look to and you will find that he has you hemmed in on every side. He knows the plans he has for you. They are not plans to harm you. They are plans to prosper you and to give you a future far better than you ever could have imagined. I mean, that's my prayer for you today. It's my prayer for me. Life is definitely overwhelming. We just need to practice, like stepping out with the coffee, looking at the chaos around us and all the things to do, and then realizing that I'm not seeing everything. Stop being overwhelmed by what you see. Realize that there is a bigger story, something bigger to look at, and start to allow yourself to be overwhelmed by a God who is good and bigger than your circumstances. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you so much for your love for us. It's easy to get stuck being overwhelmed by all the challenges we see. We forget that you're writing a bigger story that we are made in your image, that you are for us and you sent your son to die for us. If you have given us such great things, is there anything for our good that you would withhold for us? When we take refuge in you, we lack nothing. When we seek you, we find everything. Help us to taste and see. There's some people, God, that don't even believe it yet. They can't see it yet. Would you open their eyes? Would you help them taste and see that you are good? Would you do it right now? Don't let them rest this week until they are stirred towards you and find that you are a good God that loves them no matter who they are or where they are. Help us see the bigger picture, even in the middle of a pandemic, because in all things, you are working for the good of those who love you. And we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.